I am unashamed. What about you? <laughs> so, so Dad, we finally found out. <laughs> so, over the last podcast, if you remember, for us, Dad was MIA, but he knew where he was. You weren't MIA to you because you knew exactly where you were. So tell what happened. There was a miscommunication between you and I. Tell, tell, tell me what you heard. Yesterday. Well, I got on my hands and knees at daylight. <laughs> and uh, then I went to a tractor bush hogging the debris out of the way to make room to pick the Mayhaws. <laughs> pay them $25 a day. <laughs> and somebody says, you got a podcast. I said, they said they didn't have a podcast today. Yeah, that's where the problem happened, where we... Well, I'll tell you what I said, and I'll tell you what Dad heard. Okay. And because I think, I mean, obviously it's a miscommunication. Maybe it was the one, the two. We're not having two on Monday. Exactly. So what I said, what I told you, Dad, when I walked in, you said, man, one is a lot better than two. Because the last podcast, Mom and Lisa were on and Alex, so you didn't have to do it. So when I, I said, yeah, it's a lot better doing one than two in a day, you're exactly right. But I said, we got two tomorrow. But I think you heard me say, and we are off tomorrow, because you didn't think we had podcasts. Or we have two tomorrow, but he heard, and we're off tomorrow. We're off tomorrow. I think that's what happened. I think that was the miscommunication. So, Because I was like, yeah. There's no. Last night, I said, boy. I said, I got to get. I said, wait a minute. I don't have a podcast tomorrow. Of course, you know. You know what you need, <laughs> When Phil? your women say, nope, you don't have one tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going up there. You got yeah, back yeah, up yeah. For mom, not good. You know what you need, Phil? You need a cell phone. This is the rest of the world that we communicate. So I know there's a lot of negative things, but there, this is a positive thing because then we can't get a hold of it. Because I could have texted you and you. We say, thought about smoke signals, but I didn't know. If the you'd... older I get, the harder it is to reach me. Yeah, that's true. It is. That's true. Well, I texted Dan, but he was working with it's you. Just the hustle and bustle of the whole thing. Mayhaws. To our listeners, uh, you had those mayhaws. Dad, over mind. all the things that we could have miscommunicated and missed a podcast over picking up mayhaws and getting mayhaw jelly later this year, all everything is forgiven and moved uh, uh, on because Phil, you completely <laughs> redeemed yourself. Because look, I'm out of mayhaw jelly. <laughs> hey, I am too, and I only have one source and that I, I can I get. I stood it. in amazement this morning. I looked up. I said, "Last year, this tree bore zero, not one mayhaw." Why I'm not quite sure. The freeze in February, maybe, but this year. The limbs are just sagging, just hanging with them. Oh, Ooh. Like and about they're about a fourth getting red, so we're about a week out. Oh, so y'all run out of something to do, you know. Y'all are young, see? Y'all are young bucks. Uh, y'all need to get on y'all's hands and knees and crawl around. And I like that idea about hiring some, finding some people that looking for work. I hadn't run out of something to do. I have one day off, which is next friday but i'm the i have a lead on the elusive chinky pen that are bedding up this time of year so i'll trade you how about this i'll trade you some chinky pens filleted for some mayhaw jelly would be wise just remember <laughs> i've got a stash ahead now on the opelousas cat i've got one net out the rope has been there that i've been tying a net to for 40 years Every time Same I try to net to it, I run it yeah. one or two ops, one or two ops, one or two ops. So I'm, I just got a constant supply of Opelousas catfish coming in. I debone them, bag them, and and, I, and it'll probably feed 10 to 15. So I wish I, you'd have brought one of those bags up yep. here. Mm, yeah, I know. It would have been nice. So, so I'm busy getting ready for the Mayhaws. I'm catching Opelousas catfish. And and to your to your admonition about needing a cell phone, make it your ambition <laughs> to live a hectic, <laughs> wide open life with a cell phone. Everybody's called. No, it said make it your ambition to live a quiet life. Mind your own business. Work hard with your hands so your daily life will win the respect outcome. And here it is, so that you will not be dependent. On anyone 
that Jesus, the Son of God. You know, it's, it's a weird. good way to roll. You know, it just hit me in this moment that our, the name of our podcast is Unashamed, taken from Romans one sixteen. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, but we actually use or Phil uses that verse way more than the Romans one sixteen. Make it your ambition. That should have been. Yeah. We, we should come up with a like an amendment under unashamed. It should be. It should be something like living the quiet life or something like that. Living the quiet. I'm seventy six years old. I have never heard a sermon on make it your. And each week to start talking about the resurrection. Make it your ambition to live a quiet life. Mind your own business. Work hard with your hands. Where is I've that? never heard a sermon on it. First Thessalonians, First Thessalonians four eleven. Yeah. Just before he says, "Don't don't cry about about when someone dies or or when don't, don't, don't cry don't, about when someone dies." I never don't be that. ignorant about those who fall asleep. Oh, he's done yeah. before. No, that's yeah. thirteen. Yeah, that's going into the thing he's about the resurrection. The oh, yeah. oh, it says it doesn't say don't cry when someone dies. It says don't <laughs> grieve like the rest of men who have. That well, what do you get out of that? <laughs> well, but I think if you cry, Jesus wept. I'm saying like Lazarus when he was resurrected, he he wept right before this. So what's right? the difference in our grieving? Because it says don't grieve like the rest of men. I think, who have no hope. Yeah, I think when you, there's a hysterical uh, state of mind where there's no hope. I think it's okay to cry because others are going to miss him, or you're going to, you know, miss and him. And I talked for a about Epaphroditus and Philippians. Biblically two. speaking, there is no. Uh, they passed away. Whoop! Nope, they did not pass away. You're right. It's not a biblical. No, I agree with that. And, and you know, and then the other it's one, a common term, but it? not biblical. But Dad, you really, to me, you swerved into. We lost him. We lost him. See. Yeah. We lost our father. He's, he's gone forever. I want y'all, when you're standing around the casket, to say, Phil has convinced us he's alive and well, and he's probably coming, and he's aware of what the proceedings are. I just hope yeah. y'all proceed. I, I, oh, we will. With smiles. They went a little from your, time to your time. Funeral, okay. Your funeral, Dad, will little, be. A little Credence Clearwater Revival. Yep. You might put that in there. What about some Leonard Skinner? Rolling down the river, rolling on the river. <laughs> but you were raised in an era where tears were always a sign of weakness or, or panic. And I'm saying, I mean, I got that from that John 11. It it's so, Tears are not necessarily. Well, remember I said about Jesus weeping over Jerusalem. Yeah. But to Dad, to your point, in the podcast that we had in your absence, we talked about worldly sorrow versus godly sorrow, but exactly. I think Dad really honed in on the difference in the two because if this life is all you had, worldly sorrow ends in death and death that there's no hope of anything beyond. So you're right. I've seen some situations in funerals where it was it was I had sorrow because of how sorrowful they were because they didn't think they were going to see this person. Just a thought for our listeners: uh, the new Jerusalem, new heaven, new earth. Peter alluded to that. Now, John the Revelator, the first heaven's gone, the first earth has passed away, there was no longer any sea, won't be any big oceans. I saw the holy city, Jerusalem coming, I heard a loud voice, now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them. This is all past this whole era. They will be his people, God will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. A hundred percent agree. He who was seated on the throne said, I'm making everything new. I'm just saying, I don't know why they don't preach on that more, but I would think the preachers that read that text, I would think they, there's got to be some. Well, there's no more world. This is a grand biggest thing he said no crying or no mourning nothing you just like oh my goodness i was made just it. making a sub point though there are good tears i mean god created us the way he did i think al's point because we were going through second corinthians seven seven there's a difference in godly sorrow which leads to repentance that leads to salvation i understand and then all these these positive qualities. I've teared up myself over it. Yep. All right. And I think it's a positive. I think what Jesus was doing in John 11, that that's positive. I've also laughed so hard, especially with my family, 
Al, you do it almost every other podcast, yeah. where tears are streaming down your face. Well, it's a right. that would be a uh, you're crying than laughter. Right. So I'm just I, I'm saying it's more what's going on in your mind. If you think it's hopeless when someone dies or you're surprised, well. That's worldly sorrow. I agree. Yeah. So, so I, it just hit me. There's a difference. So, what yeah. today? Did y'all? Uh, Dad doesn't remember, and I'm sure. Jace, do you remember the great '80s classic movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Never saw it. Okay, it's a it's a classic. Because Phil said that you need to work with your hands <laughs> and do. So I but no, but I didn't, today, the title is what got me. It's t- like I don't want to watch a movie about a guy's day off. No, but t- it's, today is Phil Robertson's day off. So what happened was Ferris Bueller. He skipped school and he went all over Chicago doing all the things he wanted to do and loved it. And they were after him the whole time. The principal's trying to find him. It was just what we were doing this morning. And Dad was doing what he loves to do. But instead of all the stuff Ferris Bueller loves to do, Dad was doing his Mayhaws, his, you know, all the stuff he likes to do. Oh, well, when he said what he was doing, I thought, like, if we were back in a. If I was the principal at school and he came in and he said, well, when you said we have two podcasts tomorrow, and he thought you said you have the tomorrow off, yeah, because he said he was seventy six years old. This right. happened. He says, he but can. then when he said, I actually went and checked the Mayhalls. I caught an Opelousa's cat. I was down on my hands and knees gathering the Mayhalls because Phil is very generous with the Mayhall jelly. Yes, to, we're getting into to, generosity. To Ken, to Ken, just adding a little sweetness to the world. Well, right, and and you're adding that to my world, and a biscuit without Mayhaw jelly is lacking. Right. I mean that that is the that is the cherry on top. There may be equation. some of our listeners who are thinking, "What in the world are they talking about Mayhaw?" One, it comes in May. Yep. And it's a haul. It's a haul tree. A haul, a haul tree. Yep. There's a lot of haul trees, but 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 only just, one Mayhaw tree. Just, only one Mayhaw. And produces a fruit which makes fantastic. So, so they're like little apples, but if you eat it by by itself, ooh, tart. it seems tart. Too tart. It's like this is unedible, but if you sugar put it, it in a jelly, and yeah, it all of a sudden it's one of the greatest things on the. So planet. Jace offered a chinky pins, Dad, in exchange for him on his hands and knees. I'm going to because I'm going. I will. I will. That's. I think that's a good trade. All right, as I got an, as I got the Indian said and dances with wolves. Good trade. So I got another. My trade, my offering to you is, I will trade myself for one of the best Mayhaw pickers and other than you, one of the best canners that I know, Melissa Atkins, yep. our cousin. She's going to be coming down on Thursday. She's going to be cleaning out some of mom's stuff that needs cleaning out. And she will be my proxy for helping with the Mayhaws and the Mayhaw jelly. So well, good. I'm sending Melissa. So we both have made offerings. Since we have Dan the eunuch, and this morning I thought it would behoove me. I looked down the road. And Stone, who married your your daughter, my granddaughter, correct, and uh, he's a good solid brother. He was with two government officials, Uh-oh. and they they were on a four wheeler this morning. I'm coming out of the woods with the with the Mayhaw, getting it ready to where they won't fall in the deep brush. We're bush hogging on the Mayhaw trees, so you won't stumble upon a cottonmouth. You need mm-hmm. to. So we cleaned it all up, so when they fall, put a tarpaulin or something. Most of them hit on the tarpaulin, gather them up. I made it where they're easier to gather. I looked up, and I saw Stone and the two government officials. They pull up. One was a little female, and one was a male, as far as I could tell. And uh, I thought, <laughs> which hang on, you see that guy going yonder? I just pull up. I pull up, and they look at me, and I'm looking at them. I said, who's that with you, Stone? He said, government. I said, good night. I, I knew I should have run when I saw y'all coming. <laughs> Did you grab your wallet? No, I didn't grab my wallet, but I said, you see that guy going yonder with that bush hog? I said, that'd be a eunuch. And, oh, and I oh said, boy. And I said, and I know you two are from the government are wondering, whoa, whoa, what eunuch? So I had a little Bible treatise on Matthew 19. Some are born eunuchs, some are made to be eunuchs, and some are like the Apostle Paul and Jesus who who renounce marriage. I said, what are y'all thinking? They were like, they were looking at Stone. Like, what you? <laughs> <laughs> like they had just stumbled into the We had a Bible though. study and some admonition about eunuchs, but I could tell the government officials, uh, they didn't get that in the classes when the <laughs> university they went to. Let's take a break. 
So one of our sponsors, uh, Scoremaster, has what they call the three-week rule, which may be great financial advice for you. Um, if you're going to buy a new car, wait three weeks. If you're going to refinance your home mortgage, wait three weeks. If you're going to finance any major purchase, wait three weeks. So you wonder, Jace, why three weeks, right? Why three weeks, huh? So the reason is because you can raise your credit score in that amount of time quite a bit if you use ScoreMaster. Uh, you do that, you can raise it on average by 61 points. So what happens is when you raise the credit score, when you go to borrow the money for this purchase, your interest rate will be lower. And this is a very important topic in this day and age. We're all not sure what interest rates are going to look like. So you want to have the lowest that you possibly can. It's going to save you tens of thousands of dollars when you're paying back that loan with a lower interest rate. So that's the idea. Uh, their technology was developed by credit data scientists to boost your credit score higher and faster than you ever thought possible. So check these guys out. They're here to help. Add those points to your credit score by going to scoremaster.com slash fill. That's scoremaster.com slash fill. Scoremaster.com slash fill. Uh, well, I'm glad they went to the University of Field today because they got a little picture there, right? We're just trying to help out. I wonder what they're saying as they're leaving there. I wonder what, you, what, what, what they said about you. What do you think? There? I probably wouldn't have wanted to hear it because <laughs> they were they were talking to Stone because they were grinning. But <laughs> well, I tell you what, they were like, every time they get to the next one, you know, once I'm made that way, I'm, what were they even doing down there? Yeah, what was the point of all the, they were doing is remember some of that land we bought. Uh, the landowners had taken government money to plant oak trees. Oh, I, mm. I mean, they it's, were making sure you weren't manipulating. They were just seeing how that's going, and they're going around. I told them about you. Y'all, y'all see my cypress that we planted? Over thousands of them. We planted cypress, ball cypress. Did they like that? Louisiana tree. It's a it's our tree. Our state tree is a ball cypress. Did they did they like that? Yeah, they did. Oh. I said I planted that because they said you know he may be a tree hugger. He's one of us. We do hug trees, especially when I'm trying to hide from we a hug window. Ball cypress, especially. <laughs> we hug them because we're proud of them. Yeah, we're proud of them. Well, what we're trying to hide. I said, in the future, somebody come by 30, 40 years from right now when we're talking here, when you all get old, you, I said, you, you look at all them cypress trees, you'd never think somebody planted them because it just looks like yeah. they, Louisiana, you know, got a lot of cypress. Yeah. Or if the wind comes up, you, you'd want to hug one. Yeah. But they don't need a hug. No, people, people need hugs. Yeah, people need hugs. I mean, like when you're at a campfire and the wood is crackling, yeah. it, the people around it, they're more important. But I have hugged a tree where a duck wouldn't see me, hadn't you? I mean, if you're yeah. you know, out there waiting. Many a tree. I went through a hurricane, and I mean, I was hugging the biggest tree you ever seen. <laughs> Holding on for dear life. They say you shouldn't do that, but when you're out in the woods and you get caught in a storm, yeah, I figured I'd take my chances with the biggest I'm just tree. telling y'all, although I was not on the podcast I was still pointing people to Jesus, government officials who like it, who are monitoring trees and whether we're cutting them down or not or running over them. But the trees are just like they planted them. So I'm, we look after trees. We do. It's one of the things we do. We do. Well, we went through Second Corinthians seven. We looked into what the difference in godly sorrow and worldly sorrow is. And we, we did that in Second Corinthians seven, Dad. Yeah, I thought it was good. We went through some of the promises made. We talked about. The difference in purifying yourself <clears throat> as far as something that you are doing rather than the way God's plan works in you, which is kind of like this given. I mean, you get to—I'm not too familiar with Second Corinthians 8 and 9, but when I read it, what stood out to me, because when people get up to give a sermon on giving, I am usually in that moment, I don't have a good attitude. Right. It, it's and we talked about this before. It's kind. Of, I kind of have that same attitude when somebody's going to give a missionary report. Yep. And both and, are in this text. Both of those. And so we're before you say, "Oh no," when I read these two chapters last night, the number one thing that stood out to me was the grace of God. What about you? Which yep. is why absolutely that's what's on my list. This is, is more about grace than giving. I was so impressed. With uh, whoever, whoever they said they, they put it on the schedule a year and a half ago, COVID come along, they canceled it, and then they, they did it again, you know, the mask, the you know, six-foot distance and all this stuff. 
So, but the group I spoke with, what they're doing is taking the the funds that the church are giving, and they're buying buses. Yeah, I like this idea. About a hundred thousand dollar buses, and for the dentists who meet there, the brothers who are dentists, they go into the the, the bus. They have uh, glasses, eyesight. Have your eyes checked free of charge. The church has the eye people who went to school for that on buses. They look after your eyes. They look after your teeth. Uh, your, 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 the what? dentist teeth. Dentist teeth. They'll pull your teeth. Yeah, you They'll tell us about that. Yeah, that, that was great. I'm just saying, uh, cool. life's way up in Tennessee. They're doing a great job. They're taking the funds. And are they're doing the things that the government says, no, we'll take care of it. But the government is not taking care of it. Right. But God's people, I think all churches ought to take that as a model, what they're doing in Cookville, Tennessee, Life's Way Church. They're great people. And uh, they're just buying buses. And you can have people come up, the elderly, and I mean, they can fix you up. They can... They well, it's X-ray actually, machines and say, here's what we recommend that you go and here's what you do. And, and it's just uh, they pull teeth. They're helping you with your eyes. They've got, you know, well, what, are, what are people who work on the heart? Uh, Sampanero. Cardiologists. Cardiologists. They, they've got all of them there. And the Sundays, so, they, they work. They're out there treating the human race. So what you're saying is the people of God could do a better job in administering health care to people than the multi-trillions of dollars program no doubt about known it. The as government Obamacare? Stepped, the government well, has stepped in, and they said, we'll take care of what God's people ought to take care of. They don't even know about God's people. No. And it's just a, disaster. It's a sad thing. It really is. Well, it's well, a disaster anyway. It doesn't that's work. What, but that's what this chapter is going to talk about. That's why I brought it up. Yeah, I mean, it really is. And just, I noticed just, two things. Well, just to this set, church in Cookville, Tennessee, Life's Way, they they have taken these two chapters here in Second Corinthians, and they have moved on it, and they're they're into health care along with spiritual care. Yeah, because we because we're concerned about body, soul, and spirit. That's right. So to set this up, Jays, and to tell Dad because he wasn't here on Second Corinthians seven five last time. He's in six. He's going to bring up that he's now talking about the Macedonian region, which is not just the Corinthian church, but multiple churches of that region. He's talking about bringing which them together. almost impossible to do. Very hard. Bring churches together to do anything. So, and then he also brings up Titus because Titus is going to be the recipient of a lot of this help and, and support that are coming from these churches, not only to work with them, but also to help Paul. So that's, I just wanted to set it up for you. Cause before I read it, yeah, before I read it, I will say this. There's two things that I want to say before I read this that stood out. That if you want people to give, because cause a lot of church leadership, they may listen to this podcast, I don't know. But it is. if you want people to give, you need to focus on grace. That's the number one thing I got out of this. Correct. And the Therefore, second thing I me, got out of this. Let me just add a little bit to you, which, which goes with what we've already said. You don't go around doing good. They're not doing this to help the poor, the people, the eyes, the heart, and then help them while they're there. They're doing that not to be saved as if it's a work. Exactly. They're doing it because they are saved. And love the it. grace of God teaches us to be this way. Correct. Yeah, I love it. So I want to say that because, look. This flies in the face of these legalistic type organizations that are trying to, through guilt, uh, fireball sermons, threatening of hell or reward, trying to get people to give based on something other than grace. That that flies in the face of that. So if if, if you're having trouble, they're trying with, to scare the hell out of them. Well, <laughs> right. right. Or, or literally, which can't be I've done. I've heard literally. these elaborate systems because the second point I was going to make is it doesn't discuss discuss quantity of giving, but rather quality. It's not how much. Good point. It's where it's coming from mm-hmm. and where it's going. And so you'll you'll notice it, but just. Just to prove the point, if I read a couple of verses, if you in one he says, "Brothers, we want you to know about the grace that has that God has given the Macedonian churches." So that's where we got the idea. It's a mission report, but it's also 
about giving because he says, verse 2, out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. What he's saying is so, these people don't have much. They don't have much. And yet they were willing to give. But God's grace has mm-hmm. has been given and it's caused generosity and, and rich generosity. Yep. And I think verse 5 becomes one of the bumper sticker themes where it says. What chapter are you in? Uh, chapter 8. eight of yep. 2 Corinthians. Eight. And they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves. Now, I like this phrase. First to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. And I think that's an overall thing that should be viewed as giving. You're, you're giving first to the Lord and then because he's going to use it because we're going to get to this. So how would you explain after reading that text and he's going to talk about the, the money flows down to leadership, which they would be part of that, the apostles themselves. So in our case, like. We don't, on Sunday mornings, the congregation, you are at, you're at White's Ferry Road. I'm at university across the river. Jace is with another, what, what's the, what's uh, the brothers? Well, I kind of go back and forth, but I go to Christchurch. Christchurch, yeah, Church, Christchurch but I'm just saying, so how do we I'm explain mobile. the fact that we say, don't, don't, we're not taking any of your money. See, on Sundays, I don't go up there. I don't, I don't make any money at that but do at people all. try to give? No, they do give. I mean, they that, do give. They do give. Point, Phil, if you, are you preaching grace? Yes, yes I gonna am. Get, they're going to get. Are, are there a lot of poor people there? A lot of poor people. Well, you, you have. So we a, don't actually pass the plate where they put the money in. They're giving but money. They still and, somebody's and the, giving. And the preacher is back there in the back after it's all over counting. Oh. Because yeah. I, I think that's the point. None of this goes to me because I said I just, I just well, can't do it. Well, you my point. You have plenty of money. You don't need it for the leadership, but you're also giving people the platform and the opportunity of what I think these are gospel ventures. How do you motivate people to be generous? I let them know on the front, right on the front end, none of this is going to me. Yeah, but it, I say the, hey, qu- hey, the hey, answer guys. is. Yeah, let's take a break. So in the uh, troubles of life, uh, we all have times where we have to get a little wise counsel. Sometimes we do that from just a friend or a brother or the pastor. But sometimes you need something more. And one of our sponsors uh, is, a, is a group called Faithful Counseling. And uh, they really have been great. Uh, I've talked to several of our listeners that have, have used these guys. And everybody says they were very helpful uh, for them and their situation. Uh, so if you're having some kind of issues going on in your marriage, maybe with your family, uh, we encourage you. And if you don't have a Christian counselor that you can just go see, that's what these guys are there for, because you can go with them through your technology. They have over 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states. They're available worldwide. You can use text, chat, phone, video. You can start communicating in under 24 hours, because I know sometimes you need to get in there now. Uh, it's secure, it's convenient, it's professional, affordable, and most important, it's faith-based. So check these guys out. They're a great sponsor for our podcast, faithfulcounseling.com slash unashamed. You'll go to their website, you'll fill out a questionnaire, they'll assess your needs, and they're going to match you with a counselor that you'll love. Faithfulcounseling.com slash unashamed. Get some help today. is you preach grace and you use the money you, or you get people to share the vision of gospel presented ventures. That That's what stirs people. And I've told you before, I've been in many things. I'm an impulse giver. You know, when I hear somebody get up and talk about their sharing Jesus over here and that and this, and I'm looking into it, bam, I'll, I'll just on the spot put my money where my heart is. But I want to read this. Because look, verse 6 says, So we urge Titus, since he had earlier made a beginning, uh, earlier made a beginning to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part, just as you excel in everything in faith and speech and knowledge and complete earnestness, which is a throwback to the what godly sorrow brings. Remember when he said that, what earn, earnestness mm-hmm. it, that comes with that? And in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I mean, just bring it up. But now you see what's happened. So God's grace has been given to you. Now you're extending that 
by giving grace to others. Grace leads others. to that, grace. That's what it means. That's what you're that's doing. pretty well the bedrock yeah. of giving. That's exactly right. It's a grace act. Well, then he, in verse 9, I think is the model because he says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That That's the model. I mean, this is the, put an asterisk by that verse, that but don't, th- though don't. he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor so that through his poverty you might become rich. He was rich, but it wasn't with dollar bills. Yeah, which we've already established that. We, we've gone through that before. I mean, do you think that's the model, Al? I agree. And then I also didn't want you to miss that first line in verse 8, because this is where a lot of guys miss it in this day and age. I am not commanding you. How many times have you ever been in a place where it felt pretty commanded, pretty, pretty commanded? Which is why that, I said it has to come from grace. <laughs> why would he say that in the middle of this? Exactly. It's not about, I think that's an important phrase. Yeah, I didn't leave it out. I was just picking it's up not, my points. It's not like the law of Moses. You give a lot, you get a lot. It's not, not, that's not good thinking. Mm-hmm. And look, by the way, so this is the concept here, I feel like, is part of the new covenant. Because if you go back, here's where people get hung up. You go back in the Old Testament, people were commanded to give. Yeah. It was very specific. The The tithe was specific. Where it was supposed to go was specific. You keep I mean, 90 and... That's right. Uh, under the law, 10. under it's, the law, it's better than the government. <laughs> under the law, it was very specific, and people say, "Well, wait a minute, it's that same God of of you know Old Testament, New Testament, so therefore we can command and percentages, and people take that forward." But you miss something. You miss what Jesus did when He came. He He He. All that was nailed to the cross with Him. Yep. Now it's about being accepting His grace and extending that grace to other people. Yeah. And Jace, you're right. That brings quality, not quantity. Or I don't even say that because sometimes it brings tremendous quantity. Yep. But when it it's does, done, but yeah. that wasn't his focus. It was not his focus. It, he wasn't trying to legal. That's right. Do it from a legalistic way, and he wasn't trying to come up with some system with numbers that was commanded. And I mean, I'm just vehemently opposed to that. Well, I challenge it, it, our audience, send me a verse where anywhere in the New Testament I'm there's sure a you'll percentage missed. Well, I'm sure remember, saying, that's why Jesus it, said, It's not there. You're going to have to go re- to the Old Testament. you got to go to the Old Testament. Good. And the reason Jesus was there that says, you know, you, you, you give more than they gave at 10%. Well, that's a good point, Phil. That By the limits. way. I said that one time in an argument, and I was immature, and I didn't go about it the right way. But a guy was preaching, and, and he was a rigid uh, mandate on what you should give down to percentage, percentage down to numbers, number. Paycheck. And it was actually a reward system that was worked out in heaven on on how this would translate to what you give and the exact number. And I said, well, sir, you're limiting what I want to give. I wanted to give more than that, and it, which kind of sent him down a downward spiral of like, what? Well, well, because nobody wants to say, oh, you were going to give more? Which is and funny, now Jace. I'm not. Yeah, now I'm I'm going down in giving. I was trying to make a point that your logic does not make sense because I wanted to give more, but now I'm not because Which you've is... trapped me into some kind of system <laughs> that you It's funny, Jace. I never knew you said that, but uh, several years ago, I, I came to this conclusion myself. And, you know, being a pastor, people come in and say, no, no, preacher, pastor, what, what, what do you think? How much should I give? And, or they'll say, what is your, what is your, you know, take on giving? And I said one word, more. And they're like, yeah, I know, but where do you, I said, more. It's, everything is more. I mean, they're, they're, I don't put it in a number, but I want to grow, or in this case, the verse says, excel in the grace of get. So excel means we're going more. I mean, look, I feel like since this is taking a while, I'm gonna before I read 8, 10 through 15, because I want to, because I think you see the difference in God's system and then like a government program system. But I do want to skip ahead to make sure we get this. When he says in 8, 7, no, 9, 7, chapter 9, verse 7. Because this is our point. I want to back this up in this moment, which let me just read six. He said, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And you say, see, it's an incentive driven thing. Oh, wait. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give. And we've already said he mentioned grace over and over and over and over. That's where that motive is coming from in your heart. Not reluctantly 
or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And this is the verse that just makes me fired up. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. It goes on when it gets to 12. It says this service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but it's overflowing. When you said more, yeah. it's overflowing. Because I looked these words up in the Greek. This this word where it says it's not only supplying the needs of God's people, but is also overflowing. It, it's It's like you sitting down at a at a table and you're looking at the food and you realize I'm going to have some leftovers. This is more than I can be. I can't possibly eat this. And the leftovers are good because you're going to actually use that for other people. I will will say this. There's an old adage and it came from your mother (laughs) and I, and we were discussing and we came up with a conclusion now, whether this works with everybody, I do not know. I'm not a financial wizard, uh, no stretch of the imagination. But I told Miss Kay, she was showing me what she was giving. And I was like, whoa, Miss Kay. And she said, you will agree. She said, the more we give, it seems like the more we get. The more we're blessed. And, and, I, and I said, you know what? That's exactly what's happened. But you're not More, doing it to get. And what people think it, is, they say, well, I'm going I'm to get a hold of him right now and tell him that, you know, I could use 30000 whatever. <laughs> I could use 20000 You ought to give it to me because, you know, the more you give. I need it. The more you get. <laughs> so they take advantage of that. But I'm just making a point here. That's the way it's happened in our family. Now, y'all can, y'all's got your own family. I'm seeing y'all. I'm thinking, well, the more you, the more you give, the more you get. It just seems like that's the way it is. Am I dreaming well, or? It is. And, and let's Was it, it just dog luck or is it the Almighty saying, keep up the good work? Well, no, you reap what you're sowing. I think that's it. Let's take a break. So I want to remind you guys that Mom and Lisa are going to be live streaming on Talk Shop Live tonight at 7 p.m. Central, which is 8 o'clock Eastern Time. You can get a signed copy of their book, and if you miss it, you can tune in anytime on demand on TalkShop.Live. So check them out. Check out Sister Roar. So I want to finish this, because I think this is the main theme, and I don't want to lose it, and we can go backwards. So in verse 12, he said, This service that you're performance, not only supplying the needs of God's people, but it's overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God because of the service by which you have provided yourselves. Men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else, which I love because he's like, not this, your generosity, it's not based on what you're getting or what you're doing this is overflowing into other people praising god we're bringing churches together over this we're meeting the needs of people and through that more people are coming to christ because of this which is. which is a True. gospel venture this was all about a gospel venture hang on before you read that so to to go back to dad's point so when he said the more i give the more i get he's not talking about just money I mean, sometimes that's it right. could be, it's well, about right. everything else. That's right. So don't this prosperity gospel that's going around like a certain percentage in, a bigger percentage back. It's not about the money. Yeah, the benefits here the with people praising God, exactly. people coming to Christ. And then it says, uh, it, and for your generosity and sharing with them and with everyone else, and in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing, here we go again, grace God has given you, and then he sums up the whole two chapters on addressing the churches coming together, taking care of these people's needs, the gospel uh, being proclaimed. He sums it up by saying, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift, which is the whole point. And that word I looked up, and you're not going to believe what that word indescribable means in the Greek language. And and before I tell you the definition, 
I'll give you an illustration because I see it in the world because this whole thing has been a contrast between godly sorrow versus worldly sorrow. Worldly giving is I'm going to give. Now, what am I getting returned? Yeah. You know, you just think when you go down to the stock market and investing and all this. Any investment. We're, all, we're all investing investment. here because of God's grace. We're in, investing in eternal things. Yep. Which are people coming to Christ way bigger than anything. Which means you not we might not see the return until eternity. <laughs> and exactly. And you think, well, how do I know what the difference in investing in eternal things and worldly things? If it can burn up, it's worldly. <laughs> and I know it's illegal it to can, burn money, but if it can burn, yeah. I wouldn't put a whole lot of stock in or it. Or rot, be destroyed. Just think about it. How many oh. people do we know who don't like banks, especially where we're from? bury their money, you know, under their bed or whatever, somewhere in the house, then a fire break out. And it's like, I mean, we sat there. It one actually night. happened. Remember the, yeah, yeah. Remember the guy saying, we're watching the house burn. We tried to save it. Phil went in there and saved a few Risked pictures. his life. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, well, I had all my money under the bed. Burn I mean, up. Well, that wasn't very smart, but that you can't say that in that moment. No, because they're like, crushed. Well, yeah. Have you heard about Jesus? That particular <laughs> individual had a lot of silver. Like coins, yeah. silver, yeah. and it, it just melted to a, a ball. Well, luckily, that was probably still used. But what I was going to say is, so you see worldly people, they'll say, you know, they win the Super Bowl, and then they stick a mic in front of them, and what they say? Well, words can't describe, you know, how, how I feel right now. This is this is a dream come true, and well, I mean, they want a game. They got a trophy. Well, this word here, indescribable, it literally means there are no words in the English language. That will describe are, the it, indescribable. <laughs> well, God's grace, there are no words can, that can describe how great a gift it is, which I thought that was cool. It you is. Know, when I looked at that, because that, because people say, well, how do I have that in my heart? How am I motivated? Because you're literally, you got a gift from a supernatural being who created the earth that is indescribable. This is you with a mic in your face. Describe the grace of God. Now, that is the one time where you should be able to say, there are no words. I'm speechless because <laughs> you can't come up with words that can describe it. But it does cause you to do really good things with the things God has blessed you in. And from his view, this should sum up giving and, and it kind of excites me because i know this that one little phrase that i read over when it said because god is able in in verse eight of nine god is able to make all grace abound bound to you you're investing in god you're investing in people coming coming to him but when you give something to god what do you think he's going to do with it yeah way a way better job than what you're going to do with it <laughs> I mean, to me, that's the point. Of course, you say they'll great point. Uh, let's take our last break. Dale, question, Jace: What do you give the man who who has everything? What do you give the God who literally has everything? All right. So, I think in our last segment, I want to read this eight through ten through uh, fifteen because I do think it is interesting. That out in the world, people who do not believe in God, they're on this search for equality, which we've already hit on it. Last podcast, we hit on it with the Colossians 3 about putting to death. We come together, grace where there's no Jew or Greek. I read that, Phil, you weren't, you weren't here. But so here he, he mentions it again. Of course, he just laid the foundation in chapter 8 and 9 that Christ became poor so that we could become rich through his you know, cross and resurrection. So then in verse 10, it says, so here's my advice about what is best for you in this matter. Last year, you were the first, not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. And I love that he brings this up because before you give, he's making a condition on, you got to be willing to do it. In verse 11, it says, now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion completion of it according to your means. So he addresses it all, and it all started from grace. Grace makes you willing. He doesn't want you just to give, which is the exact opposite of what a lot of churches do. They're like, hey, you give because it's commanded to, and it's kind of like telling your kids, you know, because I said so. 
Just give it to it. But he makes a point about you being willing, and he makes a bigger point about that willingness comes from God's grace. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what he does not have. Because ultimately, he's getting it back to God is the one giving you all this anyway. Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard-pressed, but that there may might be some equality. And so when you read that, you're like, well, what? this is what the world, you know, they're trying to bring out a socialistic society and they're having trouble doing it. But they're weeding out all the things that get there, God's grace, yeah, the motivation, the willingness to do so. Yeah. You, they don't have the motivation nor the willingness. It's just like, let's pass a law. Right. It's not going to work. No, they're back to, Jay's the command. Cause, so exactly. what they're saying is, you know, and you know what they had to do, Jay's this, this current crop? They had to change the word from equality because that's a constitutional term. All men are created equal, meaning all right. people are there, and then they have the right to pursue. So some of them will pursue and gain a lot, some of them not so much. But if we're really equal and we understand what Jesus is talking about, we're going to have help. We're going to have compassion. We're going to have grace. No, you know what, you know what they changed the word to? Equity. Yeah. Yeah. It's not equality. It's equity. So what that means is the tyrannical government says, you know what? You just got too much, we've decided. Yeah. So we're going to take that. All we want is half. Yeah, we want to take half ourselves, and then we want to take some more and give it over here where we think these people don't have enough. Now, that's equity by command and Ooh. authority. Do you tell me how different that is from this concept we're talking about here about loving people mm-hmm. the way God loved us? That's why I brought it up. And yeah. so, because cause that's why I said everything the world is searching for, and I mean the world as in, you know, through movies, they're trying to find equality and all these issues over gender and all. They're mm-hmm. like, we just want to be one, but, but then they also want to acknowledge everything different about us in our little groups. And you're just like watching the hamster wheel go round and round with, with no origin, no purpose, and no plan for unity. It, right. it, it's 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 not comical to watch because it's causing so much destruction, but it is like we have all this. God has laid out this plan. You remember I thought about that verse when I was reading this in Ephesians where he he tore down the wall of hostility yeah. between the Jews and Gentiles. I mean, he he's done all this. We can find this common ground, not only in our weaknesses and our sinful behavior and our our perishable beings, but the answers to that in the grace he's given us, we're all under the same God's grace. We're all, we all need that. We all need that resurrection. We all need God's spirit, the power and the fruits that would make a better society. So then he says in verse 14, at the present time, your plenty will supply what they need so that in turn, their plenty will supply what you need. Then there'll be a quality. As it is written, he who gathered much did not have too much, and he who gathered little did not have too little. And that goes back to the manna on the ground. Exodus, We're back in the honey and the rock and the manna Exodus on the ground. Exodus 16, the idea was, he said, I want you to just get what you need, and you can share with somebody, but don't try to get more than you need. And if they, if somebody went out there and tried to get two basketfuls, they'd come in, and one of them would be there the next morning, just like it should have been. The other one was full of maggots, because he was well, like, "Yeah, nope. but I read it a little different too." I mean, I agree with what you. I mean, saying. that's what happened in the context. But I'm saying, like, well, your younger, stronger people, they have the capacity to gather more, good point. more quickly, and and you don't necessarily need that, but you're looking over. I mean, it's kind of the same procedure we had when, like, this whole thing started over Mayhall Tree. Same thing. Yeah. Phil's always looking for somebody younger. Understandable. Get them faster. Yeah. And help the older people who true. like Mayhall That's Jelly right. just as much as you do, but That's... they don't have the physical capacity to fill up as many barrels nor carry them. And so I think it's which is interesting, Jay. So when God made the law about them, He was thinking about the hoarders because it doesn't address it. But I would bet there were several cases like you're talking about where some young guy went over and said, "This 
persons in the tent over here, they can't get out there and hardly get it picked up because they got arthritis and says, let me pick up this for you to give to you. There was no law against giving That's with right. a generous heart. Mm-hmm. There was a law against trying to take too much for yourself, yeah. which was the problem. I mean, look, this Good is a, it's a common theme in the Bible. Look, and I just want to show you illustration because I got to looking about this harvest. You know, there's a lot in there about that, what you, what you sow, you reap, and you reap what you sow. I meant to say, but just look at this example. Now, this is, you know, since he used the illustration of the manna, I want to just pick out a random prophecy in a in Hosea ten twelve. But just listen to how this it is very random. Is yeah, I mean, when's <laughs> the last Hosea. time someone I been read, over to Hosea twelve ten? Because I'm trying to say that there's a spiritual angle to this. The world is trying to obtain physical equality. And they're missing the point about the spirit, these these God characteristics. That's what can make a vibrant society that feels like they're on equal footing. And let me just read this. I mean, whether you know the context or not, let me just read what God said in how this applies. This is Hosea 10, 12. Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap the fruit of of unfailing love. I mean, just let your mind go there. What is the fruit of unfailing love? A lot of good things. Yep. And break up your unplowed ground, for it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers righteousness on you. But you have planted wickedness. You have reaped evil. Evil. You have eaten the fruit of deception. Now, and here's why. Because you have depended on your own strength and on your many warriors. And really, that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. You recognize, okay, everything is God's. He became poor in Jesus, gave up everything for me so I could be rich. And what does rich mean in Christ? You basically have everything he has, which is everything. And so in day-to-day life, he showers you with blessings you're so thankful because of his grace that you that trickles down through you. But if you go out there and start plowing your own field and you're like, this is my field, this is my stuff, I, I did this, I'm going to hoard, what are you going to do? Build bigger barns, hoard it when you're not sharing God's blessings. Nothing happens. And at the end of the day, you die. Worldly sorrow ends in death. And then everybody argues about what we're going to do with your stuff. Mm-hmm. That is the cycle of the world. That's right. Versus we're over there, instead of arguing, we're getting our ty- our tears wiped because there's nothing to complain about living forever with everything God has. I mean, that's the, really the difference. In and that's why you see worldly sorrow leads to death, just the very thing we talked about before we ever got here. So you ask yourself a question, which team am I on? I want to be on the grace team. That's who I want to get picked for. You betcha. All right, we're out of time. We'll uh, we'll explore a little more of this in, in overtime, and then uh, we'll see you next time. Remember, that's blazetv.com slash unashamed to subscribe to get unashamed overtime. We'll see you there. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube, and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, Subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.